You can have style and quality with Country Auto's Havel. Or have the complete opposite with JB. JB for breakfast. For Country Auto's Havel. It's new car thinking, 92.9. Tamworth's widest Friday music right here at 92.9. JB for breakfast. Thanks to Country Auto's Havilah's new car thinking. Here we are, 9-11, 19 years ago today, the single deadliest terrorist attack in history. 2,977 fatalities across the World Trade Center, the Pentagon, and also Pennsylvania, including 343 firefighters and 72 United States police officers as well. It resulted in 25,000 injuries and also long-term health effects as well, and $10 billion in damage. Rodney Payne was there in New York on that Tuesday morning of 9-11 and witnessed this event unfold, and he joins me on the line now. Rod, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, pleasure. Good to talk. You woke up that morning, September 11, you've gone about your day like so many other people did right around the world, and especially in New York on that, on that morning. Where were you around about sort of 8 a.m. on that uh, September 11 morning? Well, look, as it turned out, I was supposedly having breakfast at the top story of the window uh, of the Twin Towers, which is a restaurant known as Windows on the World. And I was having breakfast there with a good, very good buddy of mine who actually couldn't make it. So it was very fortuitous to us that we cancelled that appointment and had breakfast downstairs. So I was downstairs around the building at the bottom of the base of the building when the when the first plane went in. You were in um, the tower that the first plane hit or you're in the other one and you saw that plane hit that tower? Well, as it turns out, I, I was, I'd, I'd moved across to an office block across the road having another business meeting and there was a stir about the fact that a plane had gone into the, into the World Trade Tower and obviously that's when we all left that building and went to the ground level to observe what was going on and we stood there watching what at that point we all thought had been an accident. I imagine the noise must have been just phenomenal. Yeah. Funnily enough, you know, it's hard to think about the scale, but the plane was in so high that it was actually a long way from the street level, Mm. which meant that uh, it was very surreal. You're watching a lot of people have a very dreadful time, but... Mm was still a long way away from us at that point. So I, I, as it turned out, um, we stood and watched that, that building burn for quite a long time before that first building came down. But obviously, you know, after we saw that second plane come yeah. in was when people realised it wasn't an accident and that's when the panic and the anxiety was at, at fever pitch. What, what I found, or we, what we all found so horrifying was that as it turned out, we'd actually moved into the hotel across the road to start to check out to to leave new york and we were in that hotel foyer when the first building actually came down so we had a horrifying moment coming out of that building we'd been in and looking back and realizing that that second massive structure had collapsed only a very short distance from where we'd all been so uh, obviously a very horrifying outcome for everyone involved yeah, it was an incredibly shocking thing and incredibly shocking to be so close to it. And obviously, I feel incredibly lucky to be standing here in Sydney right now yeah. telling you the story. Yeah. And that's why my colleagues and I who were there together for that time all have a, a lunch every every year to celebrate the fact that we're all still here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you been back to New York since 9-11? Yes, I have. I, I, <laughs> a number of times. Yeah. And I, and I took my children back, obviously, for them to look at the new... Uh, 
at the brand new monument. So, look, I mean, we love New York, and it's yeah. a shame that it's going through this dreadful time now with COVID. So, yeah. look, what all you can say is um, one of those things we were happy to, to to just miss out on a very bad outcome. Yeah, exactly. You must pinch yourself, though, that the fact that you were meant to be having breakfast. And that was the thing with 9-11. There were all these stories in the days and weeks and months after of people, you know, I was meant to be there and I wasn't. And uh, and unfortunately, on the flip side of that, people that weren't meant to be there that were, of course. Yeah, look, I did, I did come back from that experience very committed to spend mm. a lot of time with my children, which I've been very fortunate to do in that time since then. So there's no doubt I would say it had a material impact on my life and my family's life, which has certainly changed my attitude to a lot of things. Thank you so much for having a chat with me today. And uh, look, enjoy the luncheon. Um, and uh, thank you so much for, for having a chat. A pleasure. Good to meet you. New car thinking is country autos. Sadly, JB thinks more about donuts, rabbits and coffee. Each to their own. For country autos Havel, it's new car thinking. This is JB for breakfast on 92.9. Here's a light-hearted look at what's going on in the world of entertainment with The Feed. The National Museum of Play in Rochester, New York in the States has put together its finalists for induction in the National Toy Hall of Fame. I Look, if you didn't realize they had a Toy Hall of Fame, that makes both of us. Uh, the finalists for inductions this year, a couple of these I've never heard of. Baby Nancy, Bingo. Surely you can't put... Is, is Bingo a toy? Is Bingo a game? I mean, it's a game, but... I mean, surely by now Bingo's been inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. Anyway, Brayer Horses, I don't know what they are either. Jenga, I'm amazed that hasn't been inducted into the Hall of Fame. What have these guys been doing? I mean, you'd assume a Toy Hall of Fame, even though I never heard of it till this morning's been gone for a while. Surely by now Jenga would have made it in there. Light Bright, I don't know what that is either. Masters of the Universe, My Little Pony. Uh, the board game Risk, Sidewalk Chalk, Tamagotchi and Yahtzee are all the finalists for induction. It's almost like this Hall of Fame they've just made. It's like a guy in a shed who's just gone, you know what, we need a toy Hall of Fame. And you know what I love playing? I love Yahtzee and I love My Little Pony and Chalk. They all need to go in there. Christopher Benchk, who's the Vice President for Collectors at the National Museum of Play, said these 12 toys represent the wide scope of playthings from simple sidewalk chalk that has its roots in ancient times. I mean, he's even saying how old this stuff is that he's putting in here. Uh, To Baby Nancy, which proved a turning point in the representation of race in dolls, to the more recent highly innovative Tamagotchi. I mean, was the Tamagotchi that highly innovative? I mean, all they did was die on you all the time. That's what mine did anyway. Whether old or new or simple or high-tech, all 12 of these toy finalists greatly influenced the world of play, Christopher Bench said. Three of these inductees will be chosen by a panel of judges, while three will be chosen by the public via the player's choice ballot. And this is where you can come in handy. You can vote now at toyhalloffame.org. Which one of those do you reckon is deserving of making it in there? 
I reckon surely Tamagotchi, My Little Pony, Risk, Yahtzee, Jenga, they've all got to go in there. I don't know about bingo and I don't know about chalk. But anyway, hey kids, here, have some chalk for some fun. I mean, really? I mean, yeah, maybe. It was big during isolation, wasn't it, I guess? Anyway, you can vote now, toyhalloffame.org. Let us know your thoughts about that. We were talking before about the uh, Toy Hall of Fame and some of the uh, toys that are being nominated to go into that one or inducted to go into that one. They need your public vote. They are Bingo, Briar Horses, Jenga, Light Bride, Master of the Universe, My Little Pony, Risk, Chalk... A game called Sorry, I'm not familiar with that one. Tamagotchi and Yahtzee. Um, Phil said, did you say chalk for the Hall of Fame? Amazing stuff for when kids still had imagination, pre-electronic everything. Yeah, I, don't, I, may, have, I may have given chalk a bit of a bad rap before. My apologies because uh, Catherine rang in before as well and said, my kids... Out of all the toys that they've got, they froth over the chalk the most. They love that. Sometimes the most simple things are the most effective. Have you ever given a kid a bubble wand? So, yeah, okay, Catherine, fine. Sorry, I was a bit harsh on the chalk. Maybe it deserves a vote. Fine. Snake. 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 Them. So, Tony, I reckon this is the freakiest Don't Trust Snake story we've had so far. We're topping it, are we? We are. I think so. I know I've said that a lot now. Tell me what happened. So, a teenager was rushed to hospital after a 1.2-metre python hiding in the toilet. No. No, that's my worst nightmare. Bit is you-know-what. Oh, my God. Wait. You know what? No, I'm just kidding. There's a, there's a, <laughs> few, there's a few things down there. <laughs> Don't make me say it at 11 past seven. <laughs> okay, is it something that we both have? No. Okay. Is there just one of them or is there two? It does have specifics there. All oh, um... right. Well, ow, that is horrible. He's an 18-year-old Shafop Mascarat. Uh, from the Philippines. Oh, my God, thank. It wasn't here in Australia. No, no, in the Philippines. He's an 18-year-old. He went to the loo yesterday evening when he felt a sudden searing pain in his manhood. He looked down and saw the python with his jaws clamped around the tip of his... (gasps) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am... Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, he was rushed to the nearby Bang Ye Hospital so his injuries could be treated... He got three stitches in the mmm and treated the bite wound with antibiotic wash to kill any bacteria from the python's fangs. Oh, my God. That is horrendous. Every single person listening right now is cringing. (laughs) Yeah. Regardless of if they have a hoo-hoo or not. I have to tell the story a little bit more higher octave. (laughs) (laughs) The 18-year-old animal hand... He's now going to speak like that forever. (laughs) (laughs) Animal animal handlers arrived at the two-story home and began searching for the snake, which was still coiled up in the toilet bowl. They used snake-catching equipment to snare the python and they put it into a sack before releasing it into woodland. Uh, His terrified mother said she was still shocked about the incident. 
She said, I don't know how the snake got into my house. It could have been through the drain connected to, to, to the toilet. It was through the drain connected oh, to the toilet. Oh, that is my worst it. nightmare. I absolutely, like, used to just dread that growing up, that you'd find a, yes. a snake in the toilet. Ah! We've had a few of those with our Don't Trust Snake journeys over the last couple of years of snakes and pythons in toilets, but none actually coming up and biting the you-know-whats. Oh, my God. Um, we always joked during the Don't Trust yeah. Snake segments that one day I wonder if it will get bitten on the you-know-whats and it's happened. So you go, maybe I shouldn't put it out there in the universe. Don't come <laughs> up with any other scenarios, JB. <laughs> no. Um, he's apparently recovering well at hospital and he's very thankful for the rescue volunteers for catching the snake. So yeah. Imagine if it just disappeared in the two-story house and then you'd be oh, like... Oh, I know. Never going to the toilet oh, again. I know. Horrendous. There we go. Don't trust snakes. We will check out what's going on in Tamworth, Staffordshire. It's not a snake story, okay? Well, I don't think so anyway. I've still got to open up the envelope. But I'm assuming it's not a snake story for what's going on in our sister city of Tamworth, Staffordshire. We'll check that out next. Time to get slightly snobby with letters from Tamworth. All right, let's see what's going on in our sister city of Tamworth, Staff Staff. The old Northern Hemisphere sister. Yeah. All right. Uh, ooh, this is quite exciting. Uh, elite international sports stars could be c- coming to the other Tamworth if proposals to make the town a training venue come together. The Commonwealth Games in Birmingham 2022. Have they got the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham in 2022? Sounds like it. Yeah, wow. There you go. They've kept that on the down low, haven't they? I guess everyone's like, well, if the Olympics aren't yeah. happening, who cares about the Commonwealth Games? This could be the first bit. Oh, no, because they're having... <laughs> the Olympics next year. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I take that back. I was about to say this could be the first big international sporting event back on the calendar mm. in 2022, but they are having it next year, or will they? I don't know. I feel like if the Olympics don't go ahead next year, they won't They won't be cancelled yeah. because you can't tie it over yes, any no, longer. No. Nah. And we were talking about this in one of our staff meetings a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the Tokyo Olympic Games was the one they got cancelled in, in World War II. How they were meant crazy. to have it. And they lost it. It was gone. Do you know they what? They didn't get it back. I'm sorry, Tokyo, but <laughs> you're well, an omen. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't like to throw cast stones like that with a big brush, you know, but that's, you know, that's too coincidental for my liking. That's pretty crazy, yeah. actually, yeah. It is. There's one for you. But anyway, back to, about, back it's to not somewhere. letters from Tokyo. It's letters from Tamworth. Uh, apparently, they're looking at setting up some training facilities in Tamworth to provide essential facilities for thousands of athletes leading up to the Birmingham 2022 uh, Commonwealth Games. They're looking at setting up uh, T20 cricket, athletics, boxing, hockey, netball, artistic gymnastics, rhythmic gymnastics, rugby seven, swimming and triathlon there for training. That's got to be all the That's sports. Everything. That's everything. They're taking it all. Except like lawn bowls or something. That's what I love about the Com Games. They've got some of the weirder sports that aren't quite Olympic enough yet. Yeah, true. But aren't like grassrootsy enough. You know, they've got like, yeah, lawn bowls. And... It depends who hosts it as well because don't they always get to like throw in one of their own ones? Like when yes. it was on the Gold Coast, they had surfing because, yeah. duh, we're going to win. Um, <laughs> what would yes. Tamworth have, you know? Us? No, no, Staffordshire. Staffordshire. Yeah. Staffordshire. I don't I don't what know. What would be their thing? Um, Polo. No, I don't know. <laughs> what do they? Drinking. <laughs> Shots. Downing beers. 
go. <laughs> Ian Reid, the CEO of the Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games, said the West Midlands is home to many excellent sporting facilities from major competition venues to state-of-art training centres. And we are looking to host thousands of international athletes to prepare them for the biggest sporting events the West Midlands has ever staged. So there you go, crazy stuff. Do you look That's at that? Be massive. Do you know what I was just thinking? Do you mm. know who's from the Midlands? Not from like Tamworth itself, but from near there. What? Well, who? Robin Hood. Oh, really? Yeah, it's from Nottingham in the Midlands. So maybe it'll be like archery or just stealing from the rich and giving to the poor. <laughs> <laughs> that is our letters from Tamworth for this week. Find out what's going on locally, nationally and internationally. The McDonald's Coffee Break. So what's going on here? These like the lovely little koalas, you know, I love them even though occasionally they can growl and grunt and, you know, be feral. Um, they're going to bring down a government potentially. Yes, I mean, they're only awake probably two hours a day, but... They've that been two hours they spend very wisely. The most activist activists <laughs> very that true. they could be. Uh, no, so Koala Gate exploded yesterday. Basically, yeah. it's some legislation. It's been going on for quite a while. Yeah. Um, the the uh, lowering of koala populations has yes. dramatically been affected by the bushfires last year, which yeah. many people would know. They saw some devastating yeah. images across televisions and social media. It's been going on for longer than that. New South Wales, over the last five to ten years, has had a lot of land clearing. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the major factors that's affecting koala populations. Yeah. Then on top of that, devastating bushfires, they could be extinct in the next 30 years in our state unless yeah. something happens. Yeah. So this environment policy came in. It was already there before, but they've done a new one that yeah. was signed off a couple of months ago, um, basically saying that anyone who wants to clear land, even if it's on their own personal property, mm. uh, will now need to get a study completed to yeah. ensure that there is or is not koalas or the habitat that koalas would live in. Yes. So the fact that there is a shrinking koala habitats all over the state, they now want to protect that. Yeah. So the National Party yesterday came out and said they would no longer sit with the government. Yeah. Um, they would sit on the other side of the government, which is called the crossbench, and retain their ministerial roles, yeah. which is just unconstitutionally possible, basically. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly it. Um, so they had this very strong statement. They said, we are standing up for our um, farmers yeah. who will, you know, lose their businesses if they have to pay for these studies. And that right there is the key point of this, is who is going to pay mm. for these studies? Who's going to pay, basically, to keep koalas mm. alive in New South Wales? Where does the money fall? That's the big question um, and the reason that the National Party is up in arms. However, the way they went about it, a lot of political analysts are saying it's not right. Mm. Um, Premier Gladys Berejiklian then came out and gave an ultimatum and mm. said, if you do not back down, you must resign by 9am this mm. morning. Mm. So we're all dramatically waiting to see what happens. Uh, the National Party have had meetings last night. Yeah, again this morning again as well. Again this morning yeah. they're having one. Um, some comments were made last night on Sky News. Uh, John Barillaro said some comments that kind of make out like he's going to back down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's why now, though, and why over koalas, out of all the issues, I'm not saying that it's not important, it is, but surely there's other things that they could have thrown their toys out of the pram with before this. And why, if it was signed off on three or four months ago, couldn't they have, I, I don't know, just hypothetical here, couldn't they have stepped in those months ago and gone, hey, 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 hey no, 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 we disagree with it, we'll negotiate then. Why do it after the fact, after the ink's dried on the paper, why now go, nah, we disagree with it? So basically what John Barillaro said yesterday in his press conference was that they've been in discussions, the coalition. Yeah. So the coalition is the Liberals and the National Party come together to create yeah. government because otherwise separately they don't have the numbers. Yes. So they're coming together and they apparently have been discussing it yeah, for right. about six, seven months. Um, Maybe like a couple of weeks ago, there was a bush summit. It was yeah. actually held down in Monero, which is John Barilara's seat. Yeah. And this is like a big kind of conference thing. There was like everyone under the sun there that's connected to politics or regional Australia. Yeah. And the president of the um, Farmers Association stood up and asked Gladys Berejiklian a question about this, what's known as the SEP. Yeah. Um, and her answer... So, apparently shocked the National Party yeah. because they were under the impression that they were going to get their requests yeah. um, put in. Yeah. And um, he also said yesterday they're going to put forward an amendment next Tuesday. Now, I don't think we're going to get to next mm. Tuesday mm. before this um, erupts or comes to yeah. some kind of conclusion because that has now moved till 9 o'clock this morning. Yeah. Um, so I think that that summit actually brought up some issues. They thought they were on a. They thought they were on the right path, yeah. and then they realised they weren't. Yeah, and that's, um, that's what's eventuated to today or few, yesterday. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of political analysts discussing, saying that this is actually just um, some leadership tensions that mm. have been boiling over. They're questioning whether. John Barilaro will remain the leader of the New South Wales National Party. Yeah. I mean, last year he publicly said on television that he voted for a Labor candidate above a Liberal candidate, which is mm. um, was kind of dramatic. Yeah. He's made lots of comments against um, Premier Gladys Berejiklian yeah. throughout this pandemic, yeah. um, which is interesting considering they're supposed to be a team. Yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of people saying that it's more than just the SEP. Uh, yeah. But I spoke with our local national member, Kevin Anderson, yesterday. You'll hear him in our news this morning. Um, and he said it is purely about this and standing up for farmers so that they can continue um, to economically be able to run their farms. Yeah. So, like I always say, follow the money because that's where the real issues are. Tony, thank you very much for your uh, analysis and we'll get more after 9 o'clock, no doubt. We'll see how this all plays out. Thank you very much. No problems. That is our McDonald's McCafe coffee break. Remember, follow the money with the Monopoly game at Macca's. It's in full swing right now. One in five chance for you to win instantly. Peel play and win today does end October 20. And for all the full terms and conditions, check out mcdonalds.com.au. Try to keep you close 